So Penn State uh, wins the game 30-13 to 13 over Illinois. And the Nittany Lions, did they take a step back? How are they going to do against Iowa? Let's discuss it here as the live postgame show continues. You are locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Right, you are locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks for making us your first listen. Watch every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. And right now, you can. As new customers get five, when you bet five dollars, you get two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon to get started. I'm Zach Seiko, your host, joined by special guest Zane Bransfield, as we're still looking for your comments to continue the conversation. Let's, let's just wrap up Penn State and Illinois before we talk about the Hawkeyes of Iowa. And uh, comments continue to come in. Defense is solid, still giving up big plays, though I agree. There were some big plays surrendered at times, but Illinois, I think, just called in the moment. I said, that's nobody's fault. They called a good play for that that right scheme that Penn State was doing. And that's what's going to happen sometimes. Penn State would run zone. Zachy Wheatley would back off. Kalen King would drop into a hook zone. And then Illinois would just find the soft spot. That's really what it was. So it wasn't a matter of Penn State just being lackadaisical defensively. They had to play their assignments, and Illinois just won that down. But I, where I will criticize them is the lack of tackling. Just at times, the arm tackling was atrocious. It really was. And then Penn State looking like they had it bottled up at the line of scrimmage for a loss or a one to two yard game. And somehow, some way, Illinois was able to break that off for five, 10, 15 plus yards. And it's like, okay, that uh, a better team will make you pay for that. Uh, we also have another comment and appreciate, uh, appreciate your thoughts. Should have been 42 to seven sick of late fourth quarter trash touchdowns from opponents. You got to love it. The Penn State was still able to hold the cover, right? Good teams win. Great teams cover. They, they covered that 14-point spread. So that was never in doubt, right? And neither, neither was the win. At the end of the day, I knew Penn State was going to win this game. It was just a matter of by how much. And it only, it only ended up being and – they, and they really should have turned John Paddock and Illinois, the backup quarterback for Illinois. They really should have turned them away late in the game. So I, I, I agree that the score should have been much more in favor of Penn State given the, the game flow of it. We have a comment from D flat. Don't see us winning the big 10 this year while they didn't struggle versus West Virginia and Illinois. It just doesn't look good enough at times. Maybe they'll gel as the season goes on. That's the only hope. Appreciate that comment. And I I think we should start with that because that does wrap up what we think about Illinois and kind of pivots into the Iowa Hawkeyes for Penn state. They have all the talent in the world. You got a first-round pick at quarterback. You got two first-round picks at running back. You got a first-round pick at left tackle. Offensive line juries out on them. I can see Hunter Norzad getting drafted. Sal Wormley, Caden Wallace. Maybe those guys aren't necessarily two or third-round picks, second or third-round picks, but those guys are all going to be on NFL rosters. Venga Yuane, J.B. Nelson will still be around for the time being, right? They're still younger players on the roster. DeAndre Lambert-Smith has played his way into a draft pick. Trey Wallace has played his way into a, a, a draft spot as well. And then defensively, Chop Robinson, Kalen King, 
Abdul Carter, right? Adisa Isaac, all those guys are eventually going to be high draft picks. So the talent is there. Yes, I agree. There needs to be some more gelling, not defensively though, offensively. Penn State held them to 13 points and again, forced five turnovers against the fighting alliance. The offense, whether it's chemistry for block, I think chemistry for blocking is the biggest thing. The wide receivers, the offensive line, tight ends got to get on the page uh, of setting things up for the running attack. And that's really what it is because Drew Aller did have ample times. There were good pockets for him to sit back and read the defense. And it finally caught up to, and I wanted to point this out and I had it in my notes. Drew Aller, finally, it caught up to him where he was going through his progressions and it actually hurt him. If he had stayed on Keander Lambert-Smith, his first option for a split second longer, Penn State would have had a big, I think that would have been a 50-yard-plus touchdown. Keander Lambert-Smith was all alone. It was wide open. Great play call by Mike Yersich. So for the first time, we saw where Drew Aller going through his progressions and being a little too patient, I guess, or impatient maybe, because he doesn't lock onto his target right away, that being a little too impatient actually hurt him. He had all the day in the world. Sometimes he had 15-plus seconds to sit back there reading book and made the wrong decision or just uh, overthrew a a receiver, whether that was a tight end or somebody else. Um, But, yeah, Aller's decision-making was a little bit bit questionable uh, at at times against Illinois. Like you said, I agree with you. I thought his playmaking wasn't great. Play calling, I didn't think he didn't turn the ball over though. He did not, he protected the football. He did a really good job with that, but he missed open receivers. Uh, whether he threw to them, like he missed them on the target with the throw, or he just missed them by not looking at them. Yeah, that's true. He didn't turn the ball over, which is crucial, especially like with that Illinois defense. Like, that's the other thing people don't realize is Illinois' defense is actually a good defense, it's one of the better defenses in the Big Ten. But Penn State's offense, like. Uh, the one comment about like needing to gel, like, and you said, like, offense does need to gel. Role players need to be formed. People need to know, like, where to go. Drew Aller's gonna, like, we know he likes to throw the ball to Lambert Smith, but he's gonna find those other guys that he can trust and rely on, whether that be short distance, long distance, or somewhere in between. But it's just something that will happen over time. And despite Franklin always calling him like Steady Eddie, that's what he said at his one press conference. Yeah. I think Duraller still had some first away game jitters, first Big Ten start. And, like, that's normal. That's allowed. He's a true sophomore starting quarterback Mm -hmm. at one of the third game, third game starting Zane. Yeah. So that's fully understandable for him to be a little bit nervous about it. And that's fine. Like, obviously, like you said, he goes through progressions. He loves to, he likes to look at every single guy and, like, figure out Mm -hmm. who's open, who's not open. It's like, if you see a, open space don't look at somebody else just throw the ball and I think Drew will figure that out over time and I think Penn State can still have a good season and there's still a lot of season left it's the yeah. third game of the season they're still learning it's team is pretty young like in certain like key crucial spots like Nick and Catron are still only sophomores so they're mm-hmm. still learning they're not fully polished yet like Barkley didn't take off until his late sophomore year junior season so I think people should give the offense some time. They'll figure it out. Yeah, they're they're very young offensively, and you have to build that chemistry. So you make it a, a very good point, saying, I think we should finish up with the wide receivers here. Uh, so Nicholas Singleton should not have been your leading wide receiver today or your leading pass catcher with uh, three, three receptions and 49 yards. Uh, Tyler Warren did have a touchdown that came from Trey Potts. <laughs> uh, quarter, 
Quarterback number two, Trey Potts, uh, ended up throwing a touchdown. How about how about that? Keandre Lambert-Smith pretty quiet after two big games uh, against Delaware, mainly against West Virginia, but uh, two solid games against them. They missed. The reason why I hesitated, I hesitated earlier in the postgame show, kind of deciding, okay, because Trey Wallace was questionable. Technically, he was available, but it's kind of completely missing from action. So they felt like they didn't. We don't know what happened happen specifically if he got banged up in the middle of practice or, or what's or there was an injury lingering lingering from the Delaware game or something he picked up from the West Virginia game uh, James Franklin is very coy when it comes to injured players hurt players because it does hurt the strategy right if Illinois sits back and they know that uh, Trey Wallace and Trey Wallace had seven catches for 72 yards against West Virginia he is a threat in the passing game don't tell me he's not because look how different it was when he wasn't on the field against Illinois. Penn State took a step back from its aerial attack. So Wallace is proving to be a lot more valuable than people might have thought originally. Here, here's the thought on Caden Saunders as well. Caden Saunders is basically a five-star talent. The offense isn't good enough to keep talent like that off the field in favor for upperclassmen. So Keandre Trey and Saunders need to be your ones. That get, Caden Saunders got a little more run this game, and I was surprised. Made some catches, got open. Caden Saunders is really good with his agility. Think of him more as someone, he, he is a really good slot type of receiver. We'll see how it progresses with Saunders. I don't think Saunders is going to transfer. I don't think he's upset about playing. They're in a situation where they're going to play more tight ends and play fewer wide receivers. And Liam Clifford has been in the program longer. Liam Clifford's a very good route runner. He had a first half saving catch to, to really keep the momentum going with Penn state. I know Penn state didn't score in its first three drives to start the third quarter, but Illinois probably said, man, we just gave up points when we didn't have to Liam Clifford played a big part in that with that catch. And then Penn state got the ball back to start the second half. So that definitely rattled Illinois a little bit uh, that they gave, that they gave up those three points because of Clifford uh, from Aller to Clifford there. But Caden Saunders, I think still has, a time to grow. He's very good in short space. He's very good at getting open. You can press him because he's a smaller wide receiver, but good luck because he's able to shake a defender with the way that his agility is right out of the gate. So he goes zero to 100 really quick. And that's what I mean by his agility. So he's not the like overall speed. He's good, like solid. I mean, he's not, he's, he's five, he's five foot nine, 170, 180 pounds. He's a smaller wide receiver. And that's what you're going to get out of. He's no Tyree kill. Let me say that. Um, but in terms of breaking off uh, immediate press coverage, that's why Caden Saunders got some catches today because Illinois was pressing a lot. And he actually works pretty well with that because he's good off the line of scrimmage. So I'm eager to see him get more opportunities. I really want to see Dante Cephas get involved. Uh, transferred in Malik McLean, Malik McLean, man. Really, he ruined two drives for Penn State. Two drops when they were right in the breadbasket for him to start the game and then later on in the third quarter. And it's just like, Malik, you got to catch those. They were, they maybe they were a little, maybe the second one was a little off center, but that second down play when Malik should have picked up a first and, and the drive should have continued and extended. And, and he ended up dropping it. And that's going to, that's going to hurt your chemistry with Drew. You fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not, I'm not saying that Drew's sitting back there and going, well, I can't target Malik here, but he's probably, when he's going through his progressions, 
he's probably instinctively going to say, maybe I don't target number 11, or maybe I don't lock on to him as long uh, in this instance. Yeah, the big thing, like Malik McLean, he was one for six today with six yards. Like, he should have easily had more than that. And, like, he was targeted the most on the offense. So, like, Drew evidently has trust in him. And two of those hit him in the hands. Like, if it hits you in the hands, he's a Division One football player. He's got to catch that football. And yeah. also going back to the other comment about, like, talking about Caden Saunders being, like, one of the wide receiver ones. Well, James Franklin, he's, like, not specifically, but he likes Trey Wallace. And he likes Lambert Smith to be, like, his guarantees. And then that third spot, he yeah. just kind of has based off what practice. So we don't. Like, we don't get to see a lot at practice, but Caden Saunders mm-hmm. must not be having a fantastic practice or James Franklin would start him because he doesn't really play favorites like that. Yes, like, Liam Clifford has started and mm-hmm. a couple other guys, but it goes based on the practice. Like, Liam Clifford started a game and only caught, like, one or two balls that game. He doesn't have a lot of catches. So starting in James Franklin's system doesn't mean a whole lot in that sense yeah. because you're either going to play or you're not going to play. And But... Penn State will figure that out, and Malik McLean could be that guy if Jarrell likes to target him, but you got to catch the football, and losing Trey Wallace hurt today too, but Penn State's got to pick it up. you got to have guys that step up when somebody's down, somebody to pick it up, and I think Penn State will figure it out. Like I said, it's the third game of the season. They're still yeah. figuring out who's good at what, and they'll figure it out. I, I James, James, James Franklin wasn't kidding when he said uh, our two main guys are KLS, Keandre Lambert-Smith, and Trey Wallace, and then everybody else at this point is just a guy. That, that, that truly is that. I think that was on full display today because when Trey Wallace wasn't available, Keandre Lambert-Smith had a more quiet game. Nobody else stepped up, and that's how your leading, your leading receiver became Nicholas Singleton. The tight ends are busy being extra blockers. They went out for passes a little more often. Drew Aller missed them, and that's, I mean, this is a good comment to go along with that. Aller wasn't great. He didn't stink up the joint either. The offense will be better at the end of the season. Michael, I think you're spot on with that one. But I think that really wraps up Penn State and Illinois. They got the win. They're 3-0. and They're 1-0 in Big Ten, most importantly, because in order to get to that Big Ten championship, you practically, you have to be, you have to be flawless. You got to be 8-1 and at a very minimum. 9-0 and it, when the Big Ten East is full of Michigan and Ohio State. That, that's just the way it needs to be. So now let's talk about that Big Ten West opponent who could be in the Big Ten Championship by virtue of the West just being abysmal on that side of the conference. Before we get to that, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is Athletic Brewing Company. And like Athletic Brewing Company changing the game when it comes to non-alcoholic beers, let's talk about a game changer from Penn State versus Illinois. And I'm going to go different this time because I nominated the defense the first time with five turnovers. But it is nice to feel confident in the kicking game. I'll give Alex Falcons his due credit. Other than the blocked field goal, that's fine. Jerzon Newton really skied high to, to get a piece of that football to block it. But Alex Falcons was accurate. I wasn't sitting there sweating that Penn State was going to miss a kick. And you know what? As sitting, settling in, Falcons was hitting 50-yard-plus bombs in warm-ups, so Penn State fans and Penn State in general should just feel good about the uh, the kicking game moving forward. And that's why you, he's your game-changer today, and Athletic Brewing Company is your game-changer when it comes to non-alcoholic beers. They're fit for all times. You can drink them anytime, anywhere, make any activity enjoyable, like watching 
your Penn State game. No hangovers ever. You can find Athletic in-store, online, and at bars around the country. They are they produce over 50 different styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and so much more. And Locked On wants you to take advantage of a special offer with your first online order. Get 15% off when you use promo code LOCKEDON at athleticbrewing.com. That is promo code LOCKEDON at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. And Locked On College Football Kickoff Live airs every Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. You can find it across any Locked On College channel to get all the latest implications in college football, previews, storylines, you name it. Locked On College Football Kickoff Live available on this channel and whatever college, Locked On College channel 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time every single Friday to preview the weekend. So I was able to make a guest appearance going into because this is Penn State's first test and they they passed. They didn't get every single answer right, but they passed. And now that next one becomes the Iowa Hawkeyes. And the Iowa Hawkeyes are a much better defense. Offensively, I'm not worried about them. I am not worried about Iowa in the slightest because – their offensive coordinator, right? Uh, Kirk Ferentz's son. You got to average 21 plus points to avoid getting fired or whatever the thing is. Cade McNamara wasn't all that good, held back Michigan, and that's why they pivoted to J.J. McCarthy. Now he's in an offensive system where he really doesn't get any additional help because Cade McNamara, in order to succeed, needed the help of a talented Michigan roster. Now you kind of take a step back in an Iowa system that just doesn't make anybody look good offensively except tight ends, right? They, they produce a lot of NFL caliber tight ends for some reason, but the Hawkeyes name of the game is defense, defense, defense. This is going to be a lower scoring type of game for the, it's the whiteout, which helps, but I got to go back. And I said the same thing for the nine overtimes going into Illinois, right? Emotions are going to be high. Penn State, before they lost that Illinois game in 2021, should have beat the brakes off of that Iowa team out in Iowa. And then you had the, oh, you know, making fun of players, going, getting hurt, and Penn State's faking injuries and all that stuff. This is like Minnesota again, where Penn State remembers back to that 2019 game where Minnesota derailed Penn State's perfect season. Iowa derailed Penn State's. Now, I know the 2021 team was not that good. They finished 7-6. and six. But that was the start of the downfall. Losing to Iowa, Sean Clifford getting hurt, take one Roberson, and now you get to exact your revenge in the whiteout, just like you did to Minnesota last year. Like, okay, so Penn State obviously is playing the whiteout game against Iowa. So yeah. Penn State always plays well in the whiteout game. So I think we can win that game. Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, it's going to be low scoring. Iowa's good defense. Penn State has good defense. And the I think the biggest factor there is going to be what – did Penn State learn from today in their offensive scheme and what are they going to learn from practice this week and how well can they gel in that week time to figure out what's going to happen it's going to help Harrison Wallace should be back I was looking at the injury report and there's no new information but hopefully and there's not going to (laughs) be no but hopefully he'll be back that's the plan and I think Penn State will be okay because the offensive line will probably figure figure out some better blocking schemes Nick Singleton Kate John Allen or still going to rush for at least 50 yards a piece, I would hope. And I think Penn State will be able to take them down. Like one of the comments is about how they think the whiteout will be the difference. And I think they're exactly right. Penn State has a winning record in the whiteout game, no matter who they play. 
And I think Penn State's going to be able to take that energy and just be able to use that to their advantage to beat Iowa. Iowa obviously has Penn State's number the last couple times. So I think Penn State's going to have that little chip on their shoulder. They're going to be ready to come out fighting. They got nothing to lose. They might as well try out some new plays. We had that trick play today with the Trey Potts touchdown. So I think James Franklin's ready to just start show people what this offense can really do and really take it to that next level. Eli says, do we feel good about when Iowa comes into town next week? I I love the turnovers today, but we got to get our run defense in check. Yes, we feel really good about Iowa coming into town next week. Uh, If you look at now, ESPN isn't always accurate, but just to kind of get an idea of what Penn State and Iowa, how from the analytics, what is that standpoint? Penn State wins this game 87% of the time. So if they played 100 times, Penn State wins 87 of them. So there are those outcomes where Iowa does win uh, 13 times. But I I like Penn State's chances here. And and we're doing this live, right? So Iowa is currently playing Western Michigan. It is 14 to 10, Hawkeyes. Iowa has thrown two picks. Cade McNamara has two interceptions. He's 5 of 13 against Western Michigan. I'll say that again against Western Michigan. So take a Penn State team who just forced five turnovers against Illinois. Iowa struggling offensively only has 14 points at home and two interceptions already in the first half against Western Michigan. I'm not concerned at all. I'm really not. I, I, I like Penn State chances a lot. It's going to be a low scoring game because Iowa's defense is really good. They play good zone. And I actually like this matchup for Penn State because the zone. So Iowa gambles with this by running the zone. They are going to gamble that they are going to get more turnovers with that secondary defensive backfield is really good. And I'm excited to look and study this game and this matchup a little more further, but just as far as early thoughts go, go Joel Klatt brought this up. Iowa likes to play a lot of zone coverage, zone defense so that they can take advantage of turnovers. But Drew Aller, has not turned the ball over to this point. There were some close calls against West Virginia. That's fine. One of them was his fault. So we could say that, yes, maybe to this point, Drew Aller should have one interception. But for a true sophomore quarterback who's only started three games in his career, pretty efficient with the football and taking care of it. Uh, Zane, we're going to just kind of wrap this up in a couple of minutes here. Promise to go live from five to six. So we only got a couple minutes left. Let's hear again from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers take advantage of this. You, When you bet $5, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. So get ready for the NFL season. It's already started. It's already here, but you can still get this offer. Just bet $5. You get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Let's let's bring it all together here, Zane. Gritty, not pretty, but Penn State has to win these kinds of games in order to stay perfect, okay? Illinois likes to play ugly football. Brett Bielema has traditionally played ugly football. Sure, the offense has changed. It's, it's more of a spread look rather than that under center, eight offensive linemen, ground and pound. We saw that in 2021, but they've made some changes. They brought in different coordinators that have not reflected that traditional a scheme, but to go on the road, Drew Aller's first road start. We knew those were going to be tough challenges coming in. Then you watch the tape. Illinois is significantly Zane. I know you brought up the point that Illinois' defense is going to be is one of the better ones in all of the Big Ten. But they lost so much from a season ago. 
They lost the entire secondary that made them a top. Once upon a time, they were near the top 15 in the top 25 last season. They lost their defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters, who's now at Purdue. So Illinois took a significant step back, but it's hard not to agree to say that, yes, Illinois is still going to be a sound defensive team. I still think the the responsibilities on Penn State, the run blocking, you got to use the run to set up the pass. You have two first-round picks in the backfield. There is no reason the offensive line shouldn't be a little bit better. I still think there's some chemistry issues. J.B. Nelson's starting for the first time. Hunter Norzad has never been a center in his life. He played tackle for three years at Cornell, then moves to guard to the interior, and then becomes a center. He's a starting center for the first time. When are we going to talk about that? Hunter Norzad is as intelligent as they come, but he's playing a position for the first time in his college football, his football career, period. I think that I think the chemistry of the offensive line is something to keep an eye on as Penn State moves forward. But Zane, I, I like this game against Iowa. I take I I think Penn State right now, at least the early betting lines were uh, Penn State is a ten and a half point favorite. I think they cover that. I think I don't know that five turnovers are going to show up like they did against Illinois, but Penn State should at least force two or three. They can pick off Cade McNamara at least twice and then maybe get a fumble mixed in there as well. Iowa's defense is going to be a little more unforgiving if Penn State can't find things. I hope Trey Wallace is available because Penn State, Dante Sivas, Malik McLean, Liam Clifford, even though Clifford had that big catch, didn't really show much more promise after that. So if he's banged up, that is a big deal for the passing offense. So if the running game is going to let you down and then the passing offense is going to be significantly hampered, I can see right now, I would sit back and say, I'll do more research as the week goes on, Zane. But I would say something like, 24 to 10, 27 to 10, Penn State. I think that's I think that's fair right now at this point in time where we are September 16th on a Saturday, one week away from this game for the whiteout. Yeah, I can get behind your 24 to 10. I was going to say at least a 14-point favor for Penn State. I think McNamara is better than Altmaier, but I still I still think Penn State's going to I think I Altmaier, I think he's in a bad system. If he was on if he yeah. was on Iowa Altmaier would look a lot better. Bad decisions, but he does have all the athleticism in the world, and Illinois just doesn't doesn't help him out. So yes. I, I think Penn State that, easily wins though this week. I think we'll be fine. Penn State will figure it out as they always do. It's Penn State wide out, anyways. Yeah, I can guarantee you a win. It's just a matter of what Iowa's going to do to see if they can cover those points, and that spread's probably going to shift. I think the the sharps are going to be on that one early. Penn State might even move to a twelve or a thirteen point favorite. When, when all said and done before that game. But that's the whiteout, 7.30 kick on CBS. I'm excited for it. You and I are going to be both in attendance. We hope everyone enjoyed this post-game show here. We're going to do live post-game shows more often now here on Locked On Nittany Lines, so be sure to check that out. And we're going to be talking more Illinois, previewing Iowa over the course of the week right here on Locked On Nittany Lines. Thanks so much for joining us on a live post-game show.